Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. Jason Burkhart. Brian Thomas. This is going to be a super cool show. Electric GT. Now, these guys are not messing around. It, they are doing uh, full uh, conversions of classic, sweet, wonderful cars that we all love and turning them into electric powerhouses. Yeah, we've talked about this possibility before. Uh, the the uh, atmosphere in the studio is electric, by the way. Sorry, oh. I had to drop that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There's some great guys. Great guys. And I sent out a YouTube video this morning uh -huh. uh, that I didn't realize they were actually on Top Gear. Oh, the actual show? Yeah, yeah. the Top Gear show. Um, if you're not familiar, it's it's basically a it's comedy almost, but it's it's all reviews of weird auto automobiles you really wouldn't buy. Yeah, <laughs> with a rather, rather large following, too. With a rather large following. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, I enjoy it every now and again. Yeah. Um, what I was saying is that we've talked about this a whole lot, where you can take a vehicle. People, people are tied to their cars. Your identity is tied into that vehicle that you drive. Certainly Americans. And, yeah, Americans and certainly Europeans, are. I guess. I guess, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're different identities, but yeah. Um, so why would you go and get this electric car, especially when they were designed to be kind of, oh, look at me, I'm green and I'm driving an electric car and they were not at all attractive. <laughs> they they are changing. Past, they are changing. But still, I mean, there's there's all these classic cars have massive followings and it's going to get to a point I mean, many years down the road where it's going to be harder to find the gasoline than it's hard currently hard to find a charging point, right? <laughs> sure. There's going to be a tipping point somewhere. Yeah. And if you look at the overall cost, so to get a new Ferrari engine mm -hmm. or used one or so, it may actually be cheaper to put in <laughs> yeah. the electric engine. Oh, if, yeah. you end, if you end up with a chassis, which has problems and with the with the power plant yeah it might be easier i i tend to get excited about a couple of things with this before and we won't go too deep here but we one when you're making a new electric vehicle you got a whole bunch of new greenhouse gases to manufacture a new car to replace your internal combustion engine there's something kind of that bugs me about that right sure and then so you've got the opportunity to use something that already exists where you've already made that contribution of you know of the, the cost to build it on a manufacturing level okay now but you can also uh, get, I think, save money on these. I mean, I think it's possible to do that, right? And, and you kind of tool around with, with electric vehicles. You're no, you're no uh, newbie to this, right? right? Yeah, I mean, I can, uh, I rebuild Prius batteries and I, I've done numerous Prius batteries over the years, but a buddy of mine it's does- It's a rare uh, thing, by the way. It's not like you run into every yeah, guy that's not all the time. <laughs> no, and, and, and not just like at a higher level, not, not just like replacing the individual modules, but we can do it at a higher level. But anyways. Uh, Very cool, man. Very yeah. cool. And the character in these cars, these classic cars, right? Like whether it's an old uh, Chevy pickup or whether it's a, uh, an old 911 or whether it's, you know, whatever you want. It basically seems possible. And you're not really l missing out the whole Top Gear episode, which we'll reference somehow in the show. It, it actually outperformed the original. Right. right? Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> there, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it offends the purist to a high degree because it doesn't have that audible sound of a Ferrari engine. You yeah, know? That but, was uh, the first thing I got to ask. Just from iTunes, <laughs> yeah. man. Just download it from iTunes. Put it on your stereo. Right. All right. You ready to do this? Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Hey, folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry www.solar-coaster.com is where you can find all our old shows, more than 135 deep at this point. Uh, if there's something in renewable energies that you're interested in, chances are we've talked about it by now. Uh, but go to the solar-coaster.com website, check it all out. Uh, you can get on there. But the most important thing is the little uh, get in touch box, subscribe to the mailing list, and or submit questions. If you're out there and you have uh, questions, comments that you want to get on the air, let us know. Go to the website, www.solar-coaster.com. Uh, all our shows are also available on podcast networks, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and a bunch of others all carry the Solar Coaster. Uh, take us everywhere you go. Very good. Got some great sponsors out there. Uh, Fairwinds Wealth Management from Mr. Brian Thomas. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. Uh, we also have Enduro Shield, our newest Enduro Shield, and Perfectly Clear. Perfectly Clear mm -hmm. is the local company representing Enduro Shield, which is a, a, an international brand of panel coating uh, technology, which we're going to get to learn more about over the upcoming shows. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Sundrum Solar uh, and Pantech Design. Now, these are just a kind of a amazing uh, suite of companies doing really cool things uh, throughout the industry. And yeah, it's turned it into kind of of eclectic con sure conversation, did. but sure they all did. feel they all, they all feel really really important 
niches yeah <laughs> i think so spectrum. i think so uh this is call in show if you'd like to jump in and say hi and uh say hey i got a 911 that needs to have an electric vehicle and <laughs> be a co- conversion give a call 808-242-7800 is the call in line uh a little bit about our local sponsorships uh we uh, fairwinds wealth management was our first local sponsor someone here in maui that supported the show thank you very much for that brian i do want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about what you do uh give it uh, we, we made an offer recently and and wh- what's going on in your world uh you know, building systematic portfolios using a uh, risk management process that has has done well and, and avoided big bad markets and past results and not guarantee of future results, but uh, <laughs> showing a different process essentially, but also incorporating ESG, so right. environmental, social, and governance, and social responsible investing. And that's, I mean, that's why we're on the show here. It's good stuff, and it's it's absolutely the place to be. So that's exciting. That's awesome. And those are the two big pillars of Brian. It's like how to protect your money and then how to uh, learn more about ESG. And specifically, I was asking you about, we learned about TAN, which is one of the ETFs in the ESG world. Can I say that? Yep. Right. And then another uh, one, which is PBW, right? Excellent, Josh. Uh, and PBW uh, is exciting because these two uh, kind of leaders in the ETF world, which is an electronically traded fund, I'm learning from Brian every time we talk, uh, that they're kind of like almost changing leaders roles right now like tan was just super uh performing unbelievably well for all tfs across the entire uh all the markets and now pbw's come out and started to really kind of like rocket yeah you know it's been an incredible year and josh and jay had the foresight maybe they were lucky who knows but uh <laughs> just like but they, they they had me on uh early in the year and it just so happens that renewable energy is the biggest growth sector in investing this year awesome. you know and it's 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 unreal when you look at sort of fossil fuels and I mean we talked about the numbers real quick here. Yeah. PBW, this is not a recommendation, but that ETF, it's a basket of solar, hydro, and wind renewables, and it's up as of uh, today, fifty six percent year to date. Right? So it's it's the growth driver in our country. It's amazing, right? And unbelievable. If you look at statistically, we talked about a couple shows ago how how this ESG investing, companies that are doing right by their marketplace and by their customers are data proven doing better than other companies. So if you screen by that metric, those companies are doing better. And they're also doing better by us as citizens and by the world as corporations, right? And we always knew that was possible, but to actually see it come into fruition. In data, be, in be, real yeah, life. Yeah, the data there. Like, <laughs> and it's recent, too. I think you had reference, maybe it was a Forbes article in 13, yeah. around that time period where you just started to see the beginnings of that. And now it's gone probably a lot farther, right? Well, well Josh, what's fascinating, and, and from my perspective, what's extremely interesting is that these studies that have come out that have backed this data of these companies that are doing better, uh, this is before... 2019 before these industries have taken off. So, so where do you, yeah. like where do you see the data driven after they incorporate the results of 2019 when renewables started truly kicking butt? I mean, it's going to be awesome, you know. So and there, there you have it, folks. If you want to protect your wealth through this really cool strategy that that Brian will explain to you in a webinar, and also learn about how to participate in the kind of the new uh, ESG bull market. Can I say that? I don't know. I'm just throwing out words. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's the new smart economy. New smart economy. I love it. Give Brian a call. Brian, how can they reach you? Uh, 808-873-3247 or info at fair, starts with an F, fairwindswealth.com. Very good, very good. Okay, is it time, gentlemen, to jump over to news and events? It is right away. Uh, Green Tech Media and everybody else is reporting um, the White House has killed clean energy tax credits. What? Um, unfortunately, just um, over over the past few days, I mean, the, the, the conversation has been in a different realm, um, but the um, decision to extend tax credits or not uh, was not approved. It was actually held back until the final hour. They were still talking about at least putting a short-term extension right. on the ITC and and it eventually... Investment tax credit, 30% so this on is, renewable energy systems. Right, this is the federal tax credit that you would get for um, basically, I mean, the battery was included at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, that, oh, well, well, actually, they didn't They didn't add any new provisions for battery alone. There's a bit of dialogue not, about right. that as well. And then, you know, uh, there is a mechanism to include the um, battery, and that's kind of a little bit more uh, academic. The conversation has to do with how much of it, what percentage is charged by solar versus the grid, and that's how you can take it or not, you know. So there's a whole conversation in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We and we don't we don't give advice on uh, on taxes specifically, but we will tell you that the tax credit itself is not going to be extended. So we're going to step down as of January one. 
2020 in yep. a, a week or so it's going to step down as was initial as was prescribed and we'll get be your, down get your panels up now yeah <laughs> uh, and we're coming down four percent right to 4%, 26 26 per- yeah. and then the next year it's going to go down to 20 and then it evaporates entire in its entirely well entirely, uh or 22. i think i think 22, 22 and then we've got a three-year stagger down it's there's some, there's some granularity there to look at but the bottom line is that it's reducing or at least that's what the plan is presently yep. we did not get any last minute extension the stateside tax credit there hasn't been any language of a change you know for folks here in hawaii that, that are listening. Uh, That doesn't mean that tax credits are going away. What that means is that right now, if you put in a solar system, you should get about a 30% federal tax credit, and then you should get uh, uh, up to 35% state tax credit, depending on the size of your system based on the PVDC side, right? So that's uh, what's available presently. As of, you know, uh, what, seven, eight days from now, when is the first? Then you're going to lose that 4%, right, from the federal side. That's that's the case, okay? Uh, But that's actually, you know, we've seen a a savings in, in in panels and batteries and racking and uh, you know I don't know that we've seen any big savings in labor or cost of client acquisition but we've seen savings you know overall in system costs so this is a a relatively small uh, reduction actually at this moment sure but it's it's the intent no one likes the way it feels no right? absolutely absolutely not I mean it, we we get billions invested to prop up fossil fuel industry and we can't even get a small percentage on our taxes to <laughs> help make the world a better place. It, it's it's a, it's a heck but, of a uh, thing. It's a heck of a thing. There's a lot to read out there about how this happened. You know, SIA was out there lobbying really hard. That's a Solar sure. Energy Industries Association. Abigail Ross Hopper and her team uh, really put in a lot of effort. We've got a bunch of emails about that. Uh, and uh, this is just how it panned out in the in the short term. It doesn't mean things can't change, though, folks. We may get that four points back. Who knows? Yeah, it, it, a lot of things can happen. And I did try to just... Mark my words, it's going to be one of the big hotbed issues oh, for sure. the presidential election. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if, 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 well, the Dems haven't been able to talk about it yet. Right? They yeah, right. Uh, they're busy, busy about talking uh, about other stuff, like I said, and we don't go there. Uh, okay. <laughs> all righty. Let's, let's get into some tech. I'm tech hungry. Yay, tech. Okay, so storage, as we all know, is kind of the key to make renewables work. The wind doesn't blow all the time. The sun doesn't shine all the time. And in order to get that really firm coal nuclear... Um, for us, um, bunker fuel, oil, um, base load, firm power, power, firm power, we need some kind of storage. So when we do have sun, we bottle it all up somehow and then use it later. Uh, just crossed my desk a really, really giant compressed air storage system, liquid air storage, um, has been approved in Vermont to the tune of 50 megawatt. This is big, people. You don't really understand how big this thing is. Um so for an eight hours worth of storage, so they're going to have a whole bunch of tanks. And basically what it is, like I said, it's liquid air. So they're just taking renewables when they're available, compressing a whole bunch of air and storing it in tanks. Um, really, really cold because it's you have to do that to keep the air liquid. I think it's like 320 degrees below zero. It's, mm-hmm. it's extremely cold. Um, but then they just blow it off and turn a turbine. Remember those old little whistle toys you used to get at Walmart? The little <laughs> thing that people used to stick them on their, the, the exhaust of their turbos because we're going in a car direction. <laughs> and you get the little <laughs> noise. Um, that's exactly, that what, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to bring one with me and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I practiced. But, <laughs> but, so, um, but it's, it's just going to turn a turbine. Right. So they power, they bottle up all the air and then they lead, they blow it off when they need it. And that turns the turbine. Which will generate power, and it's the first time I've seen a storage, an alternative storage besides a whole lot of batteries, which are very expensive, mm. to reach this kind of level. Cryo battery is the name. Yep, relies on low risk, proven tech, generates zero emissions, has zero water impact, can be delivered at the cost of approximately half of the current cost of traditional lithium ion batteries at utility scale. Uh, high view powers, long duration energy storage paired with renewables are equivalent in performance to fossil fuel powered thermal and nuclear baseload power. Yeah, that's that's a nice that's quote, isn't quite it? <laughs> a, quite a statement there, folks. I mean, you know, here's the thing. We, we said the missing link over years past. It was the missing link of storage, the missing yep. link of storage. Well, what kind of storage? Uh, and what's interesting here is the answer was in grandpa's shop in an old condenser. <laughs> is, that, is that what I just heard? Yeah. That thing that used to make all the all the uh, noise, you know, in, in the shop in the back so you could run your power yeah. tools on? Yeah. This is just a big version of that that's cold. 
Essentially. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. that's just compressed air. Except Grandpa couldn't get it down to minus 320 degrees so, Fahrenheit. And that's probably the IP in this, right? It has to do with the temperature changes? I, yeah, I believe so. It's actually being able to compress that much air into a small volume uh, so that it can be done uh, at size. But, I mean, there, look at everything else out there, like the, the water um, pump hydro yeah. power takes a huge amount of, of land area. You need to have the water access. Uh, you look at the big storage um, giant pyramid of cement blocks where you stack them all up and then let them the gravity pull it back down. <laughs> um, takes up a lot of space and, and is susceptible. I mean, this is not... Pros and cons of, of, pros of, and cons. of weird new this storage ideas. Weird new storage ideas. I love this one. I really think it's got some legs to it, and I'd like to see more from these guys. And, and I'd like to see it compared to, like, uh, liquid salt, you know? I mm -hmm. mean... Uh, all these other storage places like where molten salt, molten like salt, that's heat, heating, yeah, yeah. yeah. I right. mean, like for someone who's not in the business, it's like, okay, let's just put the put the metrics out there, you know? Yeah, yeah I'd like, I'd love to know round trip efficiency on this, really. Yeah, yeah there, there wasn't much. Mean. There no, wasn't there's much. There's no, there's no data. I couldn't find it, but I'm, yeah, I, I've, I've sent my emails, folks. We'll get, we'll get information. Very cool stuff. <laughs> I, I, this is why I love the industry, right? All this kind of neat stuff kind of comes out, and you just out of the blue. We were looking for news and events today, and boom, there you have it. Yep. All right, well, let's talk about another storage. What else is out there? What, what's um, another leader? Well, let's talk about recycling. So we have all these these lithium batteries that we're starting to create, and we have been concerned for a while about well. What do you do when they end of life? I mean, they've, they've got a 10-year life cycle, so at least 10-year warranty for most of these batteries out there. What do you do with them? Well, I've got two articles. One's um, Core Power, Core Power, uh, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, has, has partnered with a um, company called Renewance to buy and recycle the large amounts of um, lithium-ion technology batteries that they were that, that were going to be generated. So they've, they're, they're starting down this road. They now have people who are figuring out how to do it. Um, and this is, this is truly breaking them down. They're called the cell end of life. So mm. this is where you break it down, you turn it into its, its constituent elements, and then I would assume they sell those off for remanufacturing would be, would be the way to do it. And, and that makes a lot of sense because a lot of the technologies, the weird elements that go into this, they're not cheap. Some of them come with a lot of political baggage. <laughs> Yeah. Geopolitical baggage. Yeah. Um, We're talking so about we, cobalt, nickel, I am manganese, specifically, things yes. like that. Yeah, right? those types of elements. So if you can if you can repurpose these batteries into something, not just chuck them into a landfill, uh, absolutely, absolutely stellar. So I want to see what the, their technology actually looks like. Again, it's just an initial partnership. We don't have a lot of information about specifically what they're doing. Um, the other one that came out was a, um, a guy that just got out of prison. Oh, the other recycled one. And, yeah. and he's also standing. I've got this picture in front of me. There's him standing on a bunch of batteries in a warehouse. It looks, I mean, there's these battery trays coming off of a whole bunch of vehicles. He already has that many. It's it's shocking. It looks like the end of um, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. <laughs> type, of, type of warehouse, just battery after battery after battery. Those are Nissan and, Leaf batteries. Yeah, these are Le Nissan Leaf batteries, which which makes sense because it's one of the oldest electric vehicles that yep. was mass, mass produced. Yep. Um, but he's come, started a company called Big Battery right after he got out of prison. Um, he was in prison because um, he was sentenced to like 15 months for uh, counterfeiting uh, Microsoft CDs <laughs> for operating system CDs, which is really unfortunate. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but he had um, he paid a $50,000 fine. But while he was in prison sitting there for 15 months, he said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a company to recycle car batteries. This guy and, starts a company in prison. From, from prison. Yeah, from prison. And and he had, he had already had 50 people lined up ready to go. So as soon as he got out, he, they pulled the trigger and they started buying up all these batteries. Unbelievable. Um, and and it, the whole thing is that he's taken them apart. And uh, these batteries are made out of standard cells. For anybody that doesn't know, I mean, you know what a, a, like a C battery looks like, right? It, they're, they're a lot like that. Mm -hmm. So you open up these casings, crack open the casings, and some of the cells are bad, some of the cells are still good. And some of them you can put back into, into service. So it's breaking these open, identifying which ones work, which ones don't, and then uh, repurposing, reselling them which is great for second lifing all this stuff. So you don't have to recycle it completely. Some of them are still fine. A lot of benefits here. Uh, this conversation of recycling is actually going to um, be on the show in the next month with the county, uh, with Maui County. We have a couple of officials here uh, at the county level that want to participate in the show, want to talk about the circularity of this, right? That we They know they're seeing all these batteries going in residential systems. We're going to start to see them go in large-scale and utility-scale systems. What do we do with those if they're not working, if they need to be disposed of? Can we recycle them? That conversation is going to be had on a local level, which is going to be really interesting. So it would be a good time to call these kinds of guys and say, hey, what have you learned? What can we learn from you? And then we could talk about how that, from my perspective, that that's – 
a side of the renewables that's not addressed yet. You know what we're going to do with all Pretty this? Pretty opaque. Yeah. Pretty opaque. I mean, yeah. there's, and I mean, it is a glaring problem, but um, it's easy to kind of slough it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not uh, it's not really uh, obvious how to address that. So, uh, well, I think also that uh, you know when you look at this, the um, if we can get if we can get some of these um, so some of these systems in place here in Maui, it'll make our lives a lot easier. We're going to um, need a recycling facility in the island chain somewhere. It makes no yeah. sense to take these big heavy batteries and ship them. Yeah, either east or west. <laughs> yeah, and I want to I want to thank uh, Walter from Hawaii Energy for putting us in contact with the county to have that conversation shortly. So yep. we'll get a chance to look at it from a global level and also from a local level. Uh, check out that article. That is a really cool one. The recycling renegade just out of prison solving the world's problems for recycling batteries. I love that conversation. <laughs> Very good. Uh, how are we doing, Gary? We got somebody yep. in there? Yeah, Brock. Yeah, Brock. Okay, cool. Yep. One more, Jay. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, solar equipment mechanical failure has sparked a, sparked a brush fire. Um, Kailua Kona. Um, they've we we had our first real big problem for for solar. How, how familiar are you with this installation? Do you know mm -hmm. where, Not very. where it is? Not this very. This is on um, WestHawaiiToday.com, right? Yeah, this article. Yep. yep. So the um, the solar company's representative, solar company in question. Um, I don't have the name for, no. <laughs> but um, a, a full installation, so a real solar farm, had a mechanical failure. Uh, first responders came to find 20 acres burning. I don't even have the number of, of how far it finally went, but it's it's concerning. I mean, what, what, what do we have in place for the eventualities that this type of thing will, will happen. I mean, we have... How do we protect ourselves against fires uh, and, and this create new fires? I mean, like the sure. scale solar? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's th that th there's not a lot of precedent for this, right? So <clears throat> we're having problems with fires as it is. Uh, and then what type of uh, technology concerns are out there? I guess if you get an arc or if you get some kind of a, maybe it's in the in the actual um, the, the the rules for how to, the system should be installed. Maybe there's some precautions. I think it's, I think it's a maintenance issue for sure. I mean, a lot of these things, you have I, over, I, I have, have a farm overgrowth. near me. I have yeah. a farm near me that is very overgrown, not well taken care of at all. And it concerns me because I'm sure, I know they're not producing, which is yeah. frustrating, but worse than that, I mean, it's just buried in cane grass. If it, if it dry, <laughs> if you get into a dry season and all that cane grass that has kind of grown up have been creating problems for actual production, then now you have a fire hazard, right? Yeah. And then then we have to ask ourselves, what kind of liabilities are there for the companies that are installing these, right? So yep. they, they they obviously don't want to be you know held responsible for creating a massive brush fire. Yep. And then, so yeah, those, it's an important conversation. We've had more fires recently than ever before. So maybe that's something we got to start looking at. All right, so uh, let's jump over to our commercial break. We're going to come back with Brock and Eric from Electric GT and learn all about their super cool company. EnduroShield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment, reduce cleaning needs, and help maximize power production. EnduroShield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, EnduroShield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear. In Hawaii and for on-site applications in Western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. All right, those were our wonderful sponsors. I do want to give a specific shout out to uh, Adapt, Pantech Design. They've got a special year-end sale. I think it's a 20% reduction in those panels. Uh, so if you're interested in that, give a call to Pantech Design. It's system-wide. It's, system it's not just the panel. It's not just the, their power panel. No, it's the it's panel. The whole 
computer control system. Well, they've got a reduction in cost yeah. for the end of the year. So you can get in touch with Megan or Troy over at PantechDesign.com, and you'll be able to uh, get in it, get that, that great deal. That's an amazing thing. We're talking about the ability to load control, all that cool stuff we talked about in the Pantech Design Minutes. Yep. Uh, it's a good opportunity to get a hold of that tech, folks. All right, let's jump into our main show focus today with Electric GT. All I want for Christmas is an Electric <laughs> 308 Ferrari yeah, so right. I can be a quiet Magnum PI. Uh, <laughs> Brock and Eric, are you guys on the line okay? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. This is Brock Winberg with Electric GT. Hey, aloha, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time aloha. to talk to us today. Uh, we're pretty excited, uh, especially when we found out that you, not only did you do, have you been making these amazing uh, electric vehicle, sweet classic car conversions, something we all fantasize about probably for way too long <laughs> and way too much time. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> if I could only find, <laughs> you know, we got a couple of car guys here, uh, Brian Thomas, Jason Verkert, myself in the studio. Uh, welcome to the, the Solar Coaster. Thank hey, you, thank, thank you. Thanks for having me on with you. <laughs> yes. So, uh, where are you guys calling in from? Uh, from Los Angeles, California, and uh, I, I, I don't. So it doesn't sound like Eric's on with us just yet. Um, but oh, yeah, I'm he's here. down in San Diego. You know, oh, he's I'm, here. I'm always on the periphery somewhere, but uh, I managed to take a, a 480 volt train ride down to San Diego for the weekend. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> awesome, awesome. So uh, we're really excited to get a sense for what you guys are up to. And uh, Jay and I, when we first started the Solar Coaster back in like three years ago ish, we were in California and we were really into the idea of electric vehicles and this all the stuff that Musk was doing and all the things that are happening out there. And remember, there was a there was a shop. Uh, out in California that we looked at that was doing this for a long time and we you know there, there's this grassroots movement right people are out there making taking these old these wonderful old cars that we loved but uh, and then turning them into electric vehicles how did you guys get your start what's your company tell us a little bit about yourselves well we'll go backwards guys this is this is Hutch here so we we go back it all started like you know we're sitting around and we're like you know every time we would take one of our old cars and maybe we're dating ourselves because we're in the generation that so remembers old cars and the cars, you know, maybe the new generation isn't going to grow up wanting to drive. I mean, you guys are on an island, so driving is probably still fun, right? We're over here on the really big <laughs> island with the traffic's bad, like in Southern California, like the super big, big island. And, you know, we, we go out for a weekend drive and you have to have your AAA card and have to call for a ride home because something breaks down every time, be it the Fiat or the Ferrari or all these other things. And then when you try to keep up with modern traffic or, or just driving conditions, you know, you have to you start your car, you have to pull the throttle and, and your choke and get the thing going and back and forth. So it's like, how do you get this thing reliable and usable and get in it and drive it? And then all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a second, you put an electrification system in this and you convert it. All of a sudden you've got something with twice the horsepower. It's twice as drivable. And wait a second, I don't have to pay the mechanic anymore. It's the one guy that your relationship declines with. Sure. <laughs> so it started with uh, the idea of let's keep old cars on the road and make them like daily usable. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 we call them your 95% cars. It's what you use 90, 95% of the time. So that was kind of how we started. And it all started when, uh, uh, you know, when I bought the old Ferrari from Copart, I think in 2014, that's how it started. It had a fuel fire driving down the highway. And the fire department came, uh, some of the uh, carburetor, the hoses near the carburetor, it broke the fuel line, and the thing burned down, and they went at it with pickaxes and fire hoses, and that thing was toast. Whoa. And we, we totally pulled the collar apart, uh, dissected that motor like a high school biology class, and we sent <laughs> all those parts to all the guys in the Ferrari community, so it was a total donor car. Every part went to a classic car that's still out there somewhere. Oh, there's another value, right? a bunch right? of cool yeah. gas Ferraris on the road. That's amazing. So, and, so you were able you know, to, to to retrofit that. And what? Tell us about that. You know, that's that's interesting too. Like you were able to take those parts and then get them out to the community, so it helped other people keep their cars on the road. And then you created this amazing Ferrari. What, what's some of the stats of this car? Uh, well, the uh, the block went to Vancouver. The heads went to Costa Rica. The airbox went to the Netherlands, <laughs> and the burned up carburetors went to Germany. But aside from that. Uh, it went from you know roughly 210 horsepower to around 330 horsepower with double the torque. It was like I think 350 foot pounds of torque. So you guys I think went and saw the Top Gear episode where they raced the uh, the, the 308 uh, gas 78 versus the 308 electrics, uh, and yeah. then the Stig drove it on the on the Top Gear America episode up at Speed Vegas. And it was a mile and a half track, and we kind of watched it. And the, you know, the gas Ferrari went around the track, and it was stig in it. And 
it sounded fantastic, but it looked like a slow motion movie. And he gets up and he puts it, he gets in the electric one, he drives around. I'm like, something wasn't right because you can't hear anything, but the car <laughs> is flying. You can hear the wheels screeching through the turns. It's just like a razor, you know, cutting at high speeds. And then it came in, I think, at a mile and a half at 10 seconds faster. It was like a one, it was 116 versus like a 126. So the 308 was like the ninth out of 10 cars, and the 10th car basically broke down. So it was the slowest car that actually finished. Wow. And uh, the electrified car beat a bunch of new cars on the track, which was, which was fantastic. Uh, the driving experience is, is completely unique, and it, it was neat to see that happen. And so, um, uh, this is Brian, and you guys are selling crate engines, right? And for those people that may not know what a crate engine is, it's like an like a Corvette LS engine is a, is what's known as a crate engine, where you repower another car, you're getting more power, you're getting a lot more simplicity, and your power to rate ratio is actually very good. Mm. So, well, so this is a lead into Brock here, and I give credit and tip. Uh, you know, Brock and I've been partners running Electric GD for a couple of years now, and, and what Brock is the lead engineer and the design guy on all this stuff. We give credit where credit's due. Uh, most of the conversions that are happening for classic cars are kind of one-off. You know, art paintings are built. They take a lot of work. They, there's just a lot of customization to it. There's not that you ever need to service these very much, but there's just a lot of things that, uh, that can go wrong or a lo- just a lot of points of failure. And Brock's like, I want to make something that's repeatable, easy to swap in and out, and that has more of a mass application. And we found ourselves, in, you know, we're just a, a group of eight or ten guys in L.A. You know, putting these things together, uh, you know, fulfilling essentially client builds, which are R&D. And all of a sudden, the, the clients are like, holy crud, you guys are making neat stuff. And we're like, hey, that could, that's kind of cool, you know. And, and so I, I, I'll tip the hat to Brock, and Brock can talk about it. But I did say, I think yeah, so, you know, like Eric like said, yeah, so like Eric said, you know, we just wanted to, be able to lower the technical barrier of entry, right, for people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you know, most of the, the, the sort of conversions out there right now are sort of science projecty, and and all the various components are just kind of spread throughout the car. They're just kind of all over the car, right? So um, it just makes it um, difficult to service um, and, and, and hard to, like, actually make one of these without being an engineer. So... Um, you know, I always wanted to make it easier for other people to do this, and uh, we really want to empower, you know, shops and uh, custom shops and, like, the rest of my community to be able to do these kind of builds. And, uh, you know, right now, unless those people employ engineers, it's pretty difficult to pull off well. So so are we in a place, uh, how far are we from being able to go out and then find that, you know, beautiful, I don't know, uh, what's a car you guys like, you know? I mean, I... I get to give a couple that I love, but let's say you find that. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say Cobra, but you're never gonna find a Cobra that's got a blown engine. No one, no one is like dying. No one will admit that. <laughs> you know? yeah. So let's let you go. Cobra ha, kit car. Go, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We, how, how far are we out from being able to do that? Like, I'd like to, for example, uh, you know, take a, a late '40s uh, Chevy pickup and uh, put an electric uh, engine into something like that. How far are we to be able to buy one of these great engines from you and do something like that? So yeah, we've been developing over the last year. We're bolting the. We literally bolted the first one, um, you know, the final, you know, pr- prototype into uh, an, an FJ40, a first-gen Land Cruiser. We bolted that in um, just hours before I hopped on the phone with you here. So okay. that's pretty exciting. And then we are working on a couple of other um, crate motors. So over over next this coming year, we're going to be doing some client builds and building out the product line a little more and getting some testing on these things. Um, so as of right now, you can't go on our website and buy it, but say middle of next year, um, that could actually happen. And right now we're taking deposits and, and building, you know, sort of special builds, um, and, and getting the program rolling. It's pretty, pretty cool stuff. And, and a couple of things strike me. I mean, when you, are you finding that you're having to, uh, moderate the amount of power that goes into these, uh, older cars? Are, are there, are there times where you're, you have too much power? Well, yeah, absolutely. I've already let Eric you know. take this one. He has a story for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you uh, to the fifteen hundred. I know what exactly about a fifteen hundred dollar noise sounds like. It's when you uh, rev up a, uh, a, a Fiat 
with dual motors and, and then drop the clutch and you hear an axle snap and then all the teeth oh, and the man. differential become like bolts in a blender. Whoa. It's, uh, you can absolutely destroy things. So, um, yeah, so there, so it's a couple of different ways of approaching this. It's, it's, it's relative uh, here. Uh, you can hot, There's a lot of hot riding. Are you putting Tesla drive units in the back of cars? Absolutely, people are doing that. We're looking at that on one of the 2002 BMWs we're doing in the shop right now. And it's a really neat way to drive. It's just kind of forward, neutral, reverse, and on and off. Uh, so you don't have that classic driving style. But what we're doing that's a little different is we're not going for the 500 or 1,000 horsepower dual, you know, large Tesla driving. Have we thought about it? We talked to people about doing custom builds. Sure, of course. Can't wait to do it. But the daily, the stuff that will uh, be, I think, more interesting for a broader sweep of people is something that looks like a motor. And so, so what Brock has done is he's designed this, the, this block that looks like a block and petrol heads know what a block is you know it, it's it's not this nerdy ev thing as mainstream is starting to come towards it so you could put this block in a car wait a second i can do a motor swap and put a block in and it has the charger in it it has the dc converter which is the alternator in it and it has the cooling system all built into it the motors and controllers you don't have to understand all the uh, electronic elements of this but you can bolt it in and basically hook it up to your 12 volt system and it works and you can still shift gears like wait a minute so yeah absolutely can you destroy stuff all day long can you completely program it and put in the right amount of power to uh, make the car handle and be drivable and electric and functional uh, absolutely we kind of target about 150 percent of original power so the fj40 is a great <laughs> example it was a dog driving it warming it up, getting it where it wasn't stalling after three starts when it showed up in our shop a year and a half ago was kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, it's a cool car. I always wanted one. I went to drive it, and it was really a lot of work. Yeah. And when we're done with it, you just leave it in second gear. You go in, you flip a key, and you drive it like a golf cart, and it has a clutch. So your left foot's a little confused the first time you get in it because you want to push the clutch in when you start it. But when you start it, there's no turnover. Just the contactors click. And you're live. Put the thing in reverse. Off you go. Forward. Off you go. You have a switch. You don't even have to go out of second gear. You just hit, hit a switch, and second gear, you're going backwards. Uh, so there's some things to get used to, but the fact is you can still clutch and upshift and go through the gears. And think about this. On a 4 by like a Land Cruiser, uh, out in the, in the dirt or rock crawling, you don't have to clutch it with a gas engine anymore. You can work between the brake pedal and the accelerator. So there's all these whole... Mind scratching, you know, mind mind bending, head scratching things you can do with it. You're discovering all this new stuff, and I mean, I think it's it, it's a great idea to take that sort of form factor of the engine, put it in there. It's aesthetically good looking, but it also serves to distribute the uh, the torque, and you use the same uh, motor mounts and everything. And you guys are using the same transmission, like the the same one in the car. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, we've kept the stock transmission in the FJ40. And um, uh, we have a newer system that we're coming out with, and, and, and um, you know, it, it might not be nice to some of the older transmissions. So, so on some of the newer builds, you're looking at using, like, n nice new factory Tremics and stuff like that um, that are typically a little more efficient. And, um, you know, but when you're doing a high-end build, you know, and it's nice to get a nice, nice new transmission in your car. Yeah, and then congrats on doing uh, the 2002s as well. I've had, I've had every year 2002 except for two years, so I know every, wow, every single bolt cool. on every single bolt on those cars. That's going to yeah, be Brian, awesome. Yeah, what car do you want to electrify? Uh, I've had a killer 911 Carrera. That would be pretty cool. But I would take a 2000 electric 2002. That would be uh, that'd be an awesome car. There's something really fun about the. I mean, out here, uh, gentlemen, we get a lot of solar, right? And uh, yeah. a, a company that is near and dear to our hearts, Solar Edge. Uh, has an electric vehicle, a charger integrated to their inverter, right? And they have this power on sunshine uh, 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 switch, Buttons, basically. And yeah. they have the <laughs> most powerful level two charger uh, in, in the industry because you're able to combine, I think, grid and solar power at the same mm -hmm. time. So there's sure. something really cool and a bit anachronistic and a bit and super fun about the idea of you know backing up some classic beautiful car and charging it out of your solar system and then driving around. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. And then it's, yeah, I mean it's amazing. And then also I, I think some low hanging fruit for you guys or where there's a big market 
would be in uh, like the vo- air-cooled Volkswagen market, yes. you know? Yes. I mean, like e- either <laughs> that, that either was mine. Yeah, like a like a. I we have a buddy Graham that has a uh, electric thing, Volkswagen thing, you oh, know? Right, but, yeah. But a, a, a electric Type Four bus engine would be awesome. So you guys know Yeah, yeah, we did a, a we did a, a Volkswagen kind of bus uh, for Volkswagen of America uh, for their electronic research laboratory. We worked with them on, uh, and uh, you know it was a Silicon Valley build, so it had all the all the all the hottest tech buzzwords in it. it had generative structures in it, and it had face rec- facial recognition, and it hopped up and down on Porsche air <laughs> suspension, and did all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, not your typical VW bus build, uh, but we have done one. Wow. <laughs> What are the performance characteristics? I mean, I, I understand there's uh, like a, a multiple of power and of, of torque is, is, you know, very di- is just categorically different. Um, but, I mean, are you able to, are there, is there a top end limitation? What do the range typically look like? What are the factors that affect that? I mean, what's, it, 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 this sounds to me, I mean, from an island perspective, it sounds like it's a no-brainer. It could be, it could make uh, a, a, an old kind of classic sweet car or daily driver for you. It, on an, Absolutely, from an island yeah. So the, the, the Fiat that we just finished, a uh, little Fiat 124 Spider, you know, nice, beautiful Pinfrino design, um, you know, but it had this this engine that like nobody can maintain, right? And so uh, we put 25 kilowatt hours of Tesla modules in the back and a nice billet, you know, billet battery box, all sealed up. And uh, we had uh, we have a Hyper 9 motor uh, that we put in that, and it's uh, 173 foot pounds and 88 kW. And so, you know, again, it's about that 150% of what was original. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's such a nice car to drive. I mean, it's not overpowered, but still gets up and goes. And, you know, it's super reliable with that little 25 kilowatt hour pack in it, uh, 75 miles. Um, and it was headed to that, that particular one, though now we offer that system. Uh, that particular car uh, went to the Bahamas, so another island, <laughs> mm-hmm. 14 mile long island. So it works great. And, on, um, great on I have enough. Well, I, I think it did. I'm actually probably just about getting there. Very cool stuff. Very cool. Well, what, tell us a little bit about your. Oh, Jay, you want to jump in? Well, I, w- I want to address one thing, and you mentioned it a little before. Um, one of the big downsides is the first question that I got asked by some people when I said we were talking to you on the, on the radio today is it looks great, it performs great, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, right. How are, how, how are you addressing? I mean, you've got all this electrical power. Why can't we put an amp in there with some really good sound effects? <laughs> Wasn't there an Adam Sandler <laughs> oh, movie about best, that? I'm the world's best dancer for this. This yes. is genius. I mean, I drive the Ferrari around for about two years before we uh, auctioned it at Barrett-Jackson. And normally it's rumbling, it's hot, and it's uncomfortable. You can't have a conversation. It's definitely a way to drown out your passenger, your wife or anyone else. And you get in the car, it's like it's quiet. You pull up to a light, and the car's not shaking, nothing's going on. And you just look around you, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of offensive noise being made around me. <laughs> so you guys understand the concept of exhibition of speed when you get a ticket from the, from the officer? Right? Yeah. Do you know what exhibition of speed is? Yeah, it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. brutal on the points uh, system. It's noise. It's purely related to squealing your tires and revving your engine and having a, a modified exhaust. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you busted. Yep. But the problem is was the opportunity, I should say, with the electric car is you step on it off the line. Your tires are, yeah, you could squeal and you got to back off just enough so you aren't smoking your tires. But you are out in front of traffic by 100 yards while everyone else is just still getting the first 50 feet. And you're like, that's kind of funny. And it's. <laughs> And and there's no exhibition of speed because there's no noise and there's no smoke coming off your tires. Well, maybe a little bit, you know, just enough. So it adds fun to daily driving. And and Brock forgot to mention to you guys, we only do cars that accept premium electrons. There you go. <laughs> Check that out. I'm sure you got a the thousand of them like that. Solar <laughs> Yeah, we don't do we don't do the low. You know, we don't do the unleaded and the you know the low octane electrons. It's I not mean, part of our business. <laughs> low low octane electrons. Hey, um, uh, I can see that you guys are having fun and that you're you're probably working with a lot of cool people. You probably got some great client stories. I bet you got a couple celebs and stuff like that. And then, of course, now you're talking. You're on the con of the cusp of of this modular offering, right? Which is you see, we're saying you're taking deposits and it's going to come out in 2020. Um, you know, in my mind, there could be a really 
I want to think a little bit about the business side of this, right? It feels to me like there could be a lot of people that would be interested in this. I don't know. It, it Maybe it's niche at the moment, and people are like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. But all the things you just described, there's a lot of positives there. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, we, so we, here's, here's, this is interesting. So the next, so what we're coming out with, so the, the current Land Cruiser has what we call the GTE Crate uh, 252, or two, excuse me, 253. And instead of calling something a 350 or whatever our number is, our number that we use is a torque number because if you look at most gas vehicles and you look at their horsepower and their torque, they're pretty much the same number, pretty close usually, right? So what, what, what's confusing in comparison to horsepower versus electric and gas is the torque number in electric is more resembling of the actual horsepower of the car. So we list our crate motors based on the torque that they have. So the 252 is only 140 horsepower, but it has 250 foot-pounds. And I think the original Land Cruiser was like 140. It was, it was similar, like 130 and about 220. So the, the package going in that is definitely not going to blow up the driveline. Now, the new system we have is essentially 25 kilowatts of energy molded around a dual motor that is 240 horsepower with 350 foot-pounds of instant 0 to 4,500 shift, 0 to 4,500 shift, you know, horsepower. So this system is going to be, you know, essentially paired with the equivalent of an aft pack that goes in the back of the Land Cruiser's 40 or the 40 uh, or the 60 series or the back of a Mustang or a Chevelle. So we got the GMA body type. So this, the 353 system that we're coming out with, and it's already booked into, I think, about a, about six cars that we're doing in 2020. One system is going to be basically the, the whole block fits in the size of a Coyote motor. And Brock basically took a 3D uh, uh, drawing in SolidWorks of a Coyote motor and put in this new block to make sure it fits in the same and he just turns it and spins it like the old 76 gas ball. And you can see the whole thing. And you're like, holy crud, that is amazing. And I think it's one of our best viewed um, Instagram posts, right? It's like, I think it had, I mean, three or four times the average amount of traffic that we get. And this thing is going to fit in over 10 million classic cars from the 60s, 70s, 80s into the early 90s. There you go. And even then, you know, you want to go to get the heritage cars from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, no brainer. Uh, it fits. I mean, so you did, did, I, 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 did I did I just hear that this can fit into 10 million cars that are out there, classic cars? Because that's just a huge. That's kind of what my gut was telling me. The there's volume there's number, a volume. Yeah. Oper- there's something here. I mean, you guys might you guys. I know you guys are enjoying yourself and doing spectacular things, and you're you're obviously very popular because you're, you're electrifying 308s and doing. I mean, I don't know, Magnum PIs floating around. So it's but it seems to me like maybe there's a big play here. I mean, you, electric vehicles are just taking off. We just saw the Model Three as an example in terms of volume production, right? Mm-hmm. People are out here are adopting. There are people out here that that when I was in the solar business gentlemen where they would say i've got two electric vehicles i want to be able to charge it with solar spec that for me right so people are you know it's wide, it's getting widely adopted and i think the yeah. you know the dawn of the electric vehicle kind of you know takeover period is, is definitely here i mean there may be something really are, how are you going to roll this out are you going to like license this to shops all across the country or are you going to sell it directly to people what are your game plans that's a lot of awkward <laughs> silence right there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, we're, so we're, we're kind of going after uh, a model that enables people who are doing in the resto mod business. So we want to dial in with guys that, uh, and we have several relationships with established companies that are in the resto mod, you know, be it the Bronco market or any other resto mod market. We're going after kind of regional players to kind of be the representative installers of our systems. The idea is instead of having to spend between 500 and 800 hours installing a custom system in a car and never knowing how to go back and figure out how to service it, we're breaking down the system into essentially modular components and that, that, that are going to be for categories of vehicles and keep it simple and focused. And we work with guys that basically can handle the installation of it somewhere between 40 and 60 hours. 40 and and 60. so we do all the build-up. We bench test this stuff. We know it works. The batteries have battery management system on it. They have cutoffs, so you can't ruin your battery. Even if you're having a bad day and you forget about your gas gauge, it'll put you over the side of the road. I mean, all of this stuff's built in. So, like, people say, so what do, you, what do I do when, I, when it breaks down? And I'm like, well, you probably need a new tire. Because <laughs> you're not calling us to fix the car, or if you are, 
typically it's something so simple we can troubleshoot over the phone. Okay, most important question. If I uh, if I go out and buy one of those rolling chassis from like Factory 5 or Super Performance of a Cobra of a 427, can you can 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 you put one of these in there? Absolutely. That ha- that hasn't been done yet, right? Um there's, there's been an electric Cobra here or there. Uh, yeah, actually there's one here um, down in like Manhattan Beach. Um there's a couple floating around, but uh, I haven't seen one that knocked my socks off yet. Right, right. I think it's time that we do that. And then, well, yeah, I drove in one that had a Tesla driving in the back, and I think that the tech I was driving with, he like blipped the accelerator at like 40 miles an hour, is going backwards up the lawn in front of the neighbor's <laughs> building. It was so dangerous and overly powered. Oh yeah, these things happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, the torque is the same at one RPM at, at as one RPM as 4,000 RPM, right? And that's kind of why they're quicker off the line. Well, if you, yeah. ever, if you flip your light, do you wait for your light switch to hit five? If you, when you flip the light switch in your house, do you kind of wait for it to warm up at five thousand RPM, or does it come on? Right. I mean, that's the that's why they're fast. Yeah, they 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 come it comes on indeed. Now, <laughs> r- real quick, do you guys have a plan to sort of scale it up to get the cost down a little bit, like sort of build? Yeah, we're way? definitely focused on uh, on production, right? So everything we're doing now is certainly are the price. I mean, a Model Three is made in ninety minutes. But they also have billions of dollars in an assembly line, and you know we're we're a small shop of guys uh, doing this, and then there's a ton of effort going into R&D. The fact that we're doing what we're doing at the cost we're doing, and people understand the components that go into it, they're like, that's really reasonable. They get it. But for mass market, yeah, it's expensive for sure, of course, um, and, and and we're definitely you know, getting a lot of interest from the people who can afford it at the moment. But they're, you know, someone's going to come along, I'd say, if not, you know, later into 2020 with us or into uh, 2021 and say, you know, I want 400 or 500 or 1,000 or even just 50. Uh, but as soon as we do that, I mean, and I'll give you an example, a wiring harness, that, you know, the high-voltage signal harness that, that could easily cost us somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,500 to make is literally – Two thousand dollars worth of labor, and I mean, just at cost on the bottom end, and you're only looking at four hundred eighty dollars in parts. So, can you get that made at someone who assembles harnesses professionally for, you know, five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks across the board? Yeah. So, there's easily, you know, margins for reduction with mass production, uh, but it's a matter of engineering something that works really well, having your motors and sorting this out. But, you know, we find ourselves in a unique space where. No one's really making a essentially a plug-and-play system for the resto mod market on the classic car. So uh, here we are. Nice. Well, very good, gentlemen. I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us here in Maui on the solar coaster. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a couple of calls. If someone has got a, 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 a an old let, an old car that they love and they want to uh, bring into the new energy economy of the new uh, the new world, how do they get in touch with you? And, and how can they uh, go ahead and start the process? Well, you could uh, reach out to info at electricgt.com or electricgt.com on the contact page. Send us uh, an email. Our new website will be up here in uh, since uh, 30 days, but we're happy to respond and, uh, and provide information. But if you know, we can eat, it's pretty easy shipping cars. We apparently uh, ship them out of state, and out of country all the time. So we could uh, start with the build here and then ship it, or our systems will be available, and we're happy to ship the systems, and they're relatively self-explanable on installation with, uh, I think, what we have is about a 100-page manual in general and uh, tech support. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, gentlemen, for joining us on the Solar Coaster. And then, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing uh, your next projects out there soon. Maybe who knows what it's going to be, right? Thank you guys for having us. You get over to the really big, big island, come visit us. All right. We'll do. Okay, guys. Aloha. Aloha, guys. There you go. Um, you know, I, that's one of the cool things about this industry, right, man? It's just there's uh, so many new things happening. Who would have thought you could take a beautiful old uh, car and turn it into, like, an electric powerhouse? Relatively simply, too. What's that? Yeah, that's, that sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> Do this uh, thing. Hey, folks, uh, this has been The Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Fairwinds Wealth Management, Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and Enduro Shield. Thank you so much to all our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. Have a wonderful weekend and aloha Friday. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas.